I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and happy, well, it's happy Friday to us. I don't know what day that that you're listening, but happy day to you. Um, We are so glad that you're joining us for another episode of The Remedy with Tobacito and Janice Gant in the house today, fan, fan, favorite. (laughs) I mean, we love her. So um, Janice and I had so much fun last weekend. Um, so we hosted our first ever conversation with Tova and Janice. It was in your beautiful home. Oh, thank you. That that home is fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> it was beautiful. She just redid it, so I, I hadn't thank I hadn't you. seen the update. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so we had a living room full of beautiful women, incredible women. Yes, incredible women, bright, brave. Gorgeous, and they asked us the best questions. They were perfect questions. They were perfect questions. It was, I I was so impressed with their ability to be vulnerable and real in the questions because there were some very serious questions that were Mm -hmm. presented. And and then any sort of feedback, there was a little bit, there really was not a lot of, of participation from the group. But when they did participate, it was so insightful and compassionate. Mm -hmm. And it was, that room was filled with love. Yes. It was so cool because it was, it it was filled with women who could compete with one another out in the world. And there was none of that feel. There was no judgment feeling in the room, no eyes rolling or in, you know, Think looking at somebody and thinking, oh gosh, I wonder if you did that or you're the one. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Yeah, it, and it you really know what? Was. It's it was really as it should be, yes. but oftentimes isn't. Right, and that's that's what I, it was. And and you want to know what's amazing? Tonight I'm going to dinner with five five women who met. Uh, oh. Like one or two might have known each other, but none, this group has never been together. Oh, how nice. And I think two of them didn't know a soul, and there's five of us going, and only one of them's married. No, two are married. Uh, so three single and two Oh, married. that is awesome. Yeah. Well, and it, Just from that. I mean, that's so great. Yeah. And it's like you and I talked about, you know, we've talked about it several times, is the idea of women supporting women. Yeah. And that was exactly what it felt like in that room. I wish that, I wish everybody that listens could have been there because it was an amazing experience. Yes, as I, I, I really thought it was going to be great. But you know, you and I have never done anything like right. that before, and we were talking about it like we didn't know about the timing. I was like, right. are we going to blow through these? questions in an hour and then I'll be staring at each other and (laughs) we we had no idea how it was going to go and it was perfect it was and I so enjoyed doing it with you because 
I feel like we are like-minded enough and yet different enough that mm-hmm. it. there were a couple of questions that you and I disagreed on and that ability to disagree. And uh, it was just, it, I loved doing it with you. It was no, really special. I loved it too. And the feedback yeah, phenomenal. has been phenomenal. So with that, um, Janice and I have been talking quite a bit about like – the thing that, one of the things that you and I both said after everybody left was, that was so much fun. I mean, that's, so much it's like fun. a dance. It's like a, that's our dance space, you yes. know? And yes. and it was so good. It was mutually beneficial to everybody that came. Everybody got something profound out of it, including me, including you. Right. It was so easy. And we thought, we need to do, we need to keep doing this. And so um, Janice and I, real, you know, we have listeners all over the world, um, we're probably not going to travel to Australia yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> but don't you never worry, say never. Australia, we're coming <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, With the producer. Yes. yes. You can't do anything <laughs> without course, Kevin. Of course, Kevin. <laughs> um, but we really thought this would be a really neat thing to do in other cities. Right. And uh, it was so so easy to do. It was in a living room. It was in your living room. Right. There were 25, 26, right. 27 all together by the en- at the end of it. And uh, we all were comfortable. And it was three hours. And we all learned so much. And it just, it, it, it wasn't a ton of effort. There, no, it wasn't. And there, you know, the thing that's so cool about it is that it's a sort of environment that you could do that with a hundred people if you wanted to, oh, yeah. or and and you can do it everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, you need a room and two microphones. Yeah, you do. That's it. <laughs> no, literally, and, and that's thoughtful it. Questions from yeah. The- we had a few snacks as our at our break, but it yeah. was that was. It was lovely, but it was not, you know, thank thank goodness for the gym. Yes. But we, that was so easy too. And yeah. I mean, it was just great. Yes. So if you're listening and you are thinking, I would love to do that in our city, um, you can email me uh, at Tovacito. Uh, what is my, Tovacito at gmail.com. You can uh, direct message me on Instagram, uh, if you follow me, it's tova.cedo. You can email Janice. What's uh-huh. your email, Janice? Janice Gant, and it's G-A-U-N-T. You would think it's supposed to be pronounced Janice Gant, but it isn't, <laughs> at gmail.com. J-A-N-I-C-E-G-A-U-N-T at gmail.com. Okay, and then you're all also on Instagram. Do you yes, check it? Yes, I am. Do you check Sometimes. it? Sometimes. Okay, well, then maybe just email. Yeah. Um, I get a notification if somebody direct messages me. So we would we would love to talk. I mean, we've already had someone from Houston reach out and say, I want to host, I want I want to have it in Houston. I want to host it. And I'm meeting her uh, at the end of February. So and funny. so, uh, yeah, I just think, I just think there was something really special about that day. And we would, we would be, we would be silly to not, keep doing it. I think so too. And the the format was so cool because people could put in questions and and email questions and nobody in the audience had any idea no, from totally where they anonymous. came so that it was totally anonymous which mm-hmm. made people gave people the freedom to 
say some stuff that was really personal yeah. and ask some really personal questions. Yes. So we're excited to take the pony show on the road. Yes. So get in touch with us. Yes. And it's easy peasy. We'll make it easy. Um, and you know what I was so impressed with? This is going to sound silly that I thought I was like right on. But I, in the email that I sent to everyone of like expect like what to expect, uh-huh. I was like, it's not fancy. Please you know, I'm going to wear jeans, but if I were you, I'd wear yoga clothes. People came in yoga clothes. It was awesome. Yes. I was like, yes. Like, I'm so glad that it was so casual. It was. It, and it wasn't like a who's who, like it wasn't, it just wasn't a typical women's event. No. I'll say it that it way. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't lunch at El Bibliqué or no, Le Bibliqué. which I like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but this was great. <laughs> so, um, so I really hope that um, people will reach out and that's something that we can do together. I'm excited about it. Me too. And then, um, so we had other feedback from that event where people were like, please do this for, with husbands. Yes. And so that's something we're going to do. We already have it on the calendar. It's going to be April 18th. Uh-huh. And we're doing it at Dallas Country Club. And registration will be up for that very soon. So we'll get we'll get that going and we're that's yeah. that. And that's the same format. So mm-hmm. you can send in questions and I think it'll be really comfortable for men because of the anonymity and they don't have to say anything if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. So same format. Three hours. It'll be great. Yeah. Be really fun. I really thought like that was like months worth of therapy. (laughs) It really was. I think so too. I mean, that three hours was such a wealth of information. And, you know, I've seen you for years and I ask you and tell you very personal things, but that takes a while, you know, to, to gain that kind of relationship with your therapist and really trust that, okay, what I'm about to say is something I'm not proud of or I'm scared to tell or right. say and because I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. But these people had that because there was no, because of the anonymity. And right. so it was like, let's get down to business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> was, How like, many questions did we have? 25. So you you figured that, that those are 25 topics that may not be affecting you now, but might in the future or might be affecting somebody you know or might directly be affecting affecting you. So there was not, when you go into a therapist office, which I I'm not going to poo-poo that, <laughs> because, right. but but you do have to go do some history and go through that. So it, it is, group therapy is a very powerful tool because you can feel the energy in the room mm-hmm. and, and it's special. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was special. so safe. I think people mm-hmm. felt so safe because mm-hmm. of the structure of the program. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So we're going to do it again. So we're going to do it in your city. Get in yes. touch with us, and then we're going to have a second workshop. You know what? I thought. You know, there's so many times I know when I was married that I would want to say something, or I would want my husband to know something, right? <laughs> or even in a relationship, like I, I would really like for the person I'm dating to hear fill in the blank, you know, but I'm not prepared to say that yet, or I'm, I don't, yes. feel, and, and, and you, you know, you could write that question and for sure. And, and you don't have to be married to come to this. Oh, you, not at all. If you're dating somebody, you're Want to, want to date somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, I mean, there, there is a lot of 
there's a lot still to be. I'm still learning how to be in relationships. Absolutely. I'm still learning how to to love people well. That's why love is spiritual, because it is a spiritual practice, and there is no there. Mm. You're, we're always becoming, and if we're open to that, then the universe does not say no. Yeah. I remember the first time you told me that. Yeah. Because I was frustrated with myself. Uh-huh. And I was like, Janice, when am I going to get this? Like, I'm so frustrated Never. with myself. You're like, honey, there is no there. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> well, because the there, the minute you get there, There's it's another here. there. Well, it's here. Yeah. You're here. So yeah. there, the there just keeps going on out there. <laughs> You said that to me. You said as soon as there you're there, there's another there's another there. Uh, and I was like, oh, that. If you look back on your life, it's so true. Because I it never is. thought I'd be here. I know. And yet I have. There's another there. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Funny. Um, okay, so today today's topic kind of was birthed out of last weekend mm-hmm. um, because we had several variations of this question. So understanding that it was a group of women who came and uh, they, it seemed to be like question, there were several questions around taking care of yourself, being mm-hmm. single, taking care of yourself, being a single mom, taking care of yourself, um, finding your tribe, like how to, like how do you take care of yourself and all of these things without uh-huh. being selfish uh-huh. and what is that balance and you explained it so beautifully but both of us were talking about it and I mean it's it's a lifelong practice to find the right balance between selfish and self-care right taking care of yourself and then just being outright selfish well and that's why I like to uh, and I, I I may have said this before so Forgive me if I'm too repetitive, but I tell people to put selfish and selfless on a continuum, zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, zero is selfless, a hundred is selfish. So where we want to live is between 30 and 70, somewhere on that continuum. So there'll be times when you'll be more at 30, more selfish, or at, in, or to 70, you know. So you, depending on the circumstances you are going to be moderately in that in that space on the continuum because selfish is we a lot of us have been taught don't be selfish don't be selfish and that self-care is going to feel selfish because when we are tired we're going to say i got to go to bed even if and you may cancel an appointment or you may cancel a dinner with friends you are going to sometimes tell your children that Cheerios is what they're having for dinner because you just don't have the energy or the time or the interest even in cooking a meal. I mean, so on those instances, you're going to be a little more selfish than selfless. But dying unto self is, is you're going to die. I mean, we, we are responsible for taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I can't ever give of myself or do extras for extra for people. But if I'm depleted, if you're de- if you're depleted continuously, then there's something you're not taking care of for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're saying yes probably when you want to say no. Mm-hmm. 
And that is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. It'll cost you mentally, it'll cost you physically, and it will cost you spiritually yeah. because you can't thrive. Yeah, you can't. You know, um, uh, Mike McGuire. Uh, Loving. Yes, who is a mutual friend of both of ours. He was on this podcast, and I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, I but did. it was Living Intentionally. Uh-huh. And he talked about the power of the positive no uh-huh. and how. When you're saying no to something, you know, oftentimes that feels bad or it feels selfish or it feels, and yet it's, it's a, it is a positive thing because you're, what you're doing is you're actually saying yes to something else that, that is more. Love that. Yes. That's yeah. more important. So, which means it's not a negative no, it's a positive no. So do you want to go to dinner tonight? No. Or you want to go out for drinks after work? No. No, thank you. And why? Because I want to go home. Yeah, yeah I, I need. To, I haven't seen my kids. And you don't even yeah. have to say why. Yeah, you can just say that's not going to work for me tonight. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and you know, plus when when you have the freedom to say no to people, people will trust you. Yeah. Because you're being honest, and then you can learn to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not people pleasing, and you're not caretaking because you want people to like you too much. I mean, I want people to like me, but I don't, but I have to like me more than I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. So I am my favorite person. <laughs> you know, I have to be numero uno with myself mm-hmm. so that I can be available to my grandchildren and my daughters and their husbands and my my husband and his family and my clients. Are you good? Are you good at taking care of yourself? I am really good at taking care oh, of myself. I'm so glad. Yeah. So, but I'm 67. Well, so I finally got it. But I think that I don't. I I I think there's probably a ton of people that are 67 who are still yeah. struggling with it. You know, I think so. How how do you take care of yourself? Well, what does that look like in your life? Well, first of all, I I take care of myself spiritually, and the way I do that is every morning. I've done it for I don't know, probably thirty five years. Mm-hmm. I get up and I have a I have a series of like four books that I read. They're spiritual books that I read that little devotional and I sit and I contemplate that and I do a little bit of a breathing meditation. And so that's my spiritual nurturing. And I do that on a daily basis. And then on Sundays, I uh, will listen to like, there's the, the I Ching. I listen to this guy named Bobby Klein and it's an I Ching podcast and I really love that. Or I'll listen to the Center for Spiritual Living. I'll listen to their talks, and they're really great. So I have a variety of sources for that for me. But the main one is really that little morning devotional. And it's crazy because tomorrow, today, you know, I've, one of my readings I sent to you, Tova, and because it was so perfect for yep. what we're thinking about doing, taking the show on the road. And, and I just – because that's where – that timing is perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. And I believe that when we're open to that, the spiritual laws that are non-refutable mm-hmm. say, seek and you will find. Yeah. And if you're open to it, it will come to you. Yeah. 
So that's that's really my spiritual practice. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I love to read. Um, I love to read spiritual books. I that also, I love Ernest Holmes. I read um, this thing called You is one of my favorite books. I'm reading this this guy Roar. Have you heard of him? No, nope. I can't remember his first name. But he has a book uh, that's called The One. Christ, I think, the universal Christ or something like that. Anyway, his books are great. I mean, there's just a lot of really good books that nurture me spiritually. Mm. And then I have some friends that are spiritual giants that I can talk with about what I'm learning or what I'm thinking about. So that's my spiritual. Then my physical is I try to exercise every day. I used to be a psycho exerciser (laughs) and would do, you know, I remember what, I mean, all of y'all were like a glimmer in your dad's eye <laughs> when there was like Richard Simmons. Had oh yeah, those Richard Simmons classes. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Oh, I did all of those, and you know, and I would do some of the. Sometimes I'd do those twice a day. So I I really struggled a little bit with some body image issues. And so I learned to moderate my exercise. So I don't I don't kill myself. I don't do yoga. I don't like it. It makes me say bad words. <laughs> and two of my daughters are yoga teachers. <laughs> and really good and ones. And really good ones. Well, but that's... I've, I've only taken from Blair. Who else? Brent? Wesley. Oh, Wesley, Wesley. teaches. Uh-huh. Wesley teaches. And and so... Blair's but, amazing at we yogi. She is good. Ugh. And But I do Pilates and I love to walk. I do the elliptical. I do weights. I stand on my head every day for about three to five minutes and so I have that physical practice. I try to eat healthy. I'm not, um, I don't count calories. I watch my saturated fats just because I have a tiny bit of a high cholesterol sometimes. So I watch that. I do intermittent fast. I do that for 16 hours, and then I eat between that eight-hour time frame with that. But I'm not, I'll eat bread, and I'll eat an egg, and I'll eat, milk and I'll eat an ice cream cone if I want one, (laughs) you know, but I'm not, but so I'm really moderate with that. Whereas Mm -hmm. I have learned to be moderate in that area as well, because I used to not be, I was very rigid about that. I'm not going to eat bread because carbs make you fat. And some of those, you know, those old Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thoughts in the past. And and I know that a lot of people still believe that, but you know, my days of having any aspiration of walking around in a thong are gone. That ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. <laughs> Even though you look amazing. Well, I, you wouldn't want me to have on a thong. <laughs> when we were in Mexico, there were these girls, and they were walking in their thong bathing suits. And I was I was kind of envious because I always thought that'd be fun <laughs> to have a rear that I liked so much that I wanted to show it off. <laughs> but I don't. Oh. You know, the backs of my thighs are not perfect. So, but all of that stuff I've learned to be very moderate about. And it's one of the gifts actually of getting older Mm -hmm. is because no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. those thighs, Mm -hmm. they're going to be a little different. Yeah. The good thing is, is as the thighs go, the eyes go. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully the person you're with's eyes are going too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can't see that, can you? (laughs) One time I asked. It shouldn't matter to them. (laughs) One time I asked my husband, I said, So what do you think when you look at the back of my thighs? And he goes, 
I don't even notice the back of your thighs. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God, for that man. <laughs> so so I, I have a funny friend. I, I don't think I've ever said this before, but she's so funny. My, the friend with whom I go to Mexico to do, take Spanish lessons, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, one of the things I do for my brain to take care of my – that's part of my physical is trying to keep my brain intact so I can create new neurotransmitters. So if some of mine – start to die <laughs> which they will yeah you know some of them do you're regenerating because, uh-huh, i'm re- trying to keep new ones <clears throat> it's good but um she said one day i said i mean wait do you ever look in the in the mirror and what do you think about how your back and your rear and your thighs look when you look at them in the mirror and she goes i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and i said what do you mean and she said i've never looked she said, and I said, what? what do you mean you've never looked? She <laughs> what said, girl has never I looked? I don't want to know. And she said, I don't, Mark didn't see it either because I get up and like back out of the room. <laughs> she walks in reverse when she, she's naked. Uh-huh. She is so that great. Is hysterical. I know. It was really great. I picked was, the wrong time to check the thermostat. What's going on in here? <laughs> I have a dear friend on this same, this story is so funny. She had twins uh-huh. and the twins were probably five or six uh-huh. and she was in the bathroom getting dressed totally naked and one of her twin boys walks in and she's like, <gasps> you know, like t- scrambling, uh-huh. trying to hurry and get dressed because she's standing, you know, uh-huh. she's naked uh-huh. and her son just like stops in his tracks stares at her eyes get real big and he goes mommy and she said yes he goes when dad sees you naked does he laugh (laughs) (laughs) only once (laughs) he did once (laughs) when daddy sees you naked does he laugh Okay, so you take care of yourself spiritually. You take care of yourself physically. Yes, and um, I take care of myself mentally. I try to. I try to, uh, like I said, do Spanish. I'm really working hard on my Spanish uh, because I think that that's really good, and I I do not watch the news. I don't either. I've told the story about my friend with the brain aneurysm, didn't I? I don't think so. Well, I had a friend um, who had an aneurysm that ruptured. This was like probably 14 years ago. And they had to take out part of her skull. She lives. She lived in Palm Springs, but she was here in Dallas when it happened. And then when she went back, went back to Palm Springs and her neurologist were at UCLA Medical Center. And they told her that while her brain was healing for her to not watch the news to not read the newspaper, and to eliminate negative people from her life because her brain would heal 80 more, 80% more quickly in the absence of negativity. So when she... Whoa! Yeah. So when she... I t- love that you know that you just shared this story. Yeah, that's she, crazy. When she told me that, I was like, well, if that's good for her brain... That's got to be good for my brain. Yeah. I have not watched a newscast since that day. I don't read the newspaper except the sports section. <laughs> my radio station is the ticket, so I get all my news on sports radio. That's the only news I completely ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Janice I and I are like, it should be switched. Uh-huh. I don't. 
I don't either. And it's really funny because I don't miss it at all. And my husband sometimes be like, aren't you kind of embarrassed that you're at dinner and people are like talking about somebody that's running for governor? And I'm like, I don't, who is that? And I'm like, no, I really don't care. And it's interesting because I do get the news. I mean, it, you know, somebody will come in and say, oh, did you hear about that? plane crash or something mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. like no 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 you know but I will get snippets of it but I don't I don't allow I just can't I can't have that negativity in my brain and now that I'm so I'm out of it you know if I hear something late at night then um uh when Kobe Bryant died just a few days ago my husband wanted me to watch this thing this thing about his life and I watched a minute of it and I was like I just I just can't do that before I go to bed I can't mm-hmm. put that in my brain yeah that's big time negative even yeah. if it's you know yeah for the purpose of something good yeah so you know so that and and that's probably very extreme for a lot of people and I don't I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that but I do that mm-hmm. because that helps me that helps me emotionally it helps me mentally it helps me physically and it helps me spiritually because i do i don't particularly think death is an awful thing mm-hmm. i think that i believe absolutely that i kind of think i may come back i'm not sure but <laughs> but i could yeah. you know but if i don't that's good mm-hmm. you know because i believe spirits are around us all the time so so i don't I don't ponder those things too much. I'm not afraid of any of that. You know, I remember the first time you told... I've I've never li- enjoyed the news. I've never liked the news. I, I, I like... What I like is the idea of reading the paper because I like... I agree. I, I like the feeling of the paper. I like that it's a slower morning. There's usually a coffee involved. Like, I like... That it's like why you like a glass of wine. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like what it me- it means you're slowing down. You're probably with someone that you love. You know, it's like the essence of that feeling. But I've never particularly enjoyed reading, especially mm-hmm. sat. You know, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I watch it, read all the news. But then again, I'm also someone who's like completely consumed with the concept of my mortality. So that could have something to do. Yeah, with it. yeah. probably. Well, you know, I have people that will come in my office that. They they have had either Fox News or CNN on twenty four seven. First That's thing what I they do, do it's is a big cheddar news, and well, it is. Out. And I mean, they are scared. They're angry. They're they are whichever side, depending. They think yeah. the other side is crazy, and they're doing all of this stuff. And it's just such negative energy for them. And I just. I just can't do it. Yeah. I'm just not willing to do it anymore. I, I was never a big fan of the news, but mm-hmm. I used to watch. I mean, I don't watch Good Morning America. I don't watch any of those yeah, shows. I don't because either. The, because they'll get to that part. Yeah, I love the Australian news because they'll they'll be like, a duck bill platypus was born on top <laughs> of such and such building. So they'll they have these, and they typically end their newscast with something really positive. So I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, but I do that. That's a re- very important part of. Well, my I remember life. when you told me that you shared that with me in your office, and and I remember feeling relieved, like okay, if Janice, if Janice can live, and you're intelligent, and you're someone who I look up to, you know, then, Thanks. then I don't, then I don't have to because you do kind of. I have felt like oh, I should probably know who that person is or my probably know who's running for president my kids were telling me today this is so funny this happened today on the way to school carter was telling me about uh this football player who 
who murdered somebody and then he it took years for the police to figure it out and then he died he killed himself or something in prison i don't know it was it was an awful story and i go who is talking about aaron hernandez Eric? Aaron Hernandez, for the guy that there's this documentary about him. He was a yes. famous football player and accused of killing people, then he murdered himself in prison. Yes, yes, yes. And I was like, who did this? What is this story? Carter's like, Mom, you know this story. I go, I've never heard yeah, this how do you story. Not know that story. Yeah, he was so free. He goes, Mom, that was like the biggest story in the news. Like I guess it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But two now or three this documentary came out on Netflix and it's like a whole So big now thing everybody's again. talking about exactly. it again. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why it was coming up, but I had no idea. And he was like, mom, how do you not know that? Yeah. And I was like, I just, cause I don't watch don't the news. Know. So if you're someone listening who wants to try to practice that sentiment of kind of cutting the news out and that negative thoughts, how does social media play into that? Cause inadvertently you're always ingesting the news through social media, but I mean, there's like no way to avoid it. Well, I don't do faith. I don't do uh, Facebook. I don't either. For that very reason, because I don't. Yeah, it's much more or common. Or Twitter. It's, and and they Twitter, talk, yeah. I don't do I don't, Twitter. I don't and either. you know, I, I look at Instagram, but, but I'd not seriously, I kind of, I follow some fashion people and, you know, Tova. Instagram is <laughs> more like a picture book than it yeah, is. Yeah, it like, is. You know. I agree. So none that's of, none of the positive. people I'm following are posting news stories. <laughs> but I mean, you couldn't avoid something big like the Kobe Bryant thing. on. Yeah, the, you know, but yeah. that's when it's kind of good, you know? So, yeah. so you're not like, oh, wow. Yeah, but I mean, I was... I was counseling people on Sunday when that happened and I didn't look at my phone for several hours and then it was like my phone was blown. Like the important things or like the big, big, big things. You're going to find out. You know. Yeah. You know. You know, uh, another thing that I think is really important that people nurture themselves socially. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. And it is about some of those things. Is, Is your social media... I know people who have totally gotten off social media because of the negativity. Yeah. And I think that is... It, because of the negativity or because of how it makes them feel negative about their life looking at somebody I else's think life? Both. Mm. And and I think that you want to be pretty uh, mindful about what you do follow mm-hmm. because I do think it can be all-consuming. And I think that... I think that the thing about Facebook that the reason why I stopped doing that is because I didn't, I didn't, it was just people talking to, I mean, a lot of people were talking about their illnesses and they were ranting and raving about some political person or something like that. And I just thought, I just am not interested in that. Mm -hmm. So I watch myself socially and I also am very careful about, I don't have friends that are big gossipers. Me neither. I just can't do it and so i've learned to be a little more selective Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. and to try to surround my by everything i do if it doesn't if i don't feel good about it when it's over i try not to repeat it Mm -hmm. because that's me telling myself that i I have a joy quotient that i want to be at about 97 percent about 97 percent of the time yeah so if that knocks me down repeatedly i'm out I'm out. And mm-hmm. I don't have to make a proclamation. I don't have mm-hmm. to tell anybody that mm-hmm. I'm out. I just don't just choose not to go. You know what? That is something that uh, I have. I When I was in my 20s and early 30s, there was so much of my life I did because I thought it was that's what I was supposed to do. 
right. or that's what I should do. And I, I was worried about perception. I was worried about what people would think. What if I wasn't there? What if I didn't help? What if I, you know, what would they? And so I think this is huge. And, and I was socially in, uh, intertwined with people that I really didn't enjoy. Oh, oh yeah. you know, to like, not everybody, you know, but there, I had relationship, I had obligatory friendships sure. because I thought that, that I could, I didn't want to be on her bad side. I didn't want to be on there. You know, I did want to be in with this crowd or what, you know, it's, it's, it was this social jockeying of sorts. And, you know, when I think a lot of young couples, a lot of young people, you know, you're trying to figure out where you where you fit in and how where, what it's going to be like socially and then your kids you know uh you start having kids and then you become friends with their friends parents and right. all that stuff but you know i for me losing my children i i didn't have a place uh-huh. i did not have a place so other people like nobody had been through what i had been right. through and what i had gone through felt all consuming and so I I became a recluse for Mm -hmm. probably a year or two and then I started working at the church and so and and my therapist at the time she said you need to be prepared when you lose your children or when after this loss your your, some of your friends are going to leave and I said to her you don't know my friends and sure enough like Mm -hmm it happened. You know, people don't know what to do. They people don't, don't they're know uncomfortable what to say. with your grief. Yes. And mm-hmm. so the, out of being uncomfortable, they just left. So I was kind of this lone ranger for a little while, but I'm telling you in the last 10 to 15 years of just going through all of that and then kind of, I mean, I changed completely. I yeah. changed completely with my loss and adoption. I'm a different human being than I was in my 20s. And and I only surround myself, only surround myself with people that I bless and people who bless yeah. me. I yeah. mean, and I love how you said it. When you walk away, every single one of my dear friends, like every single time I leave, after spending time with them, whether it's a walk or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, I walk away and I, I am, I can barely contain myself in my car because I'm so grateful for that moment with them because they just lift me up. They encourage me. They bless me. And there, there are people there and there are women and there are men who can do this. Like men can do it for other men too. Oh, for sure. And women can do it for other women. Like there are such, there are such good friendships to be had. There are. That, that to waste your time on anything less is, is a total waste. (laughs) Well, you, you know, there are times in the work world or in the schools and stuff that you are going to have, have, you are going to have to be around some people that don't necessarily 
you don't necessarily enjoy. Sure. But being aware of that and making sure you keep yourself really boundaried off of their energy mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. will kind of protect you from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I always have thought about that friendships are kind of like jeans, a good pair of jeans. They fit sometimes, and then when they don't fit anymore and they're not comfortable and it's not, you don't enjoy putting them on, then you don't, you, you give them, you get out of them. Yeah. You get out of them and you don't go back in it, <laughs> you know, so that you are just, so that that is an important part of your joy factor. It's a yeah. huge part. And yeah. part of that is, you know, what you think of me is none of my business, mm-hmm. my favorite saying in the world. And Love it. So, you know, it's not about, unless you're running for office, then you don't need those votes. And so you can, you can afford to be, to have some, to have, have a choice about, yeah who your friends are. Sure. And that's a really, and that's going to affect your whole body and your mind and your emotions and all of that. Oh, it, I think my friendships, they, I mean, without, my life would be really different without the friendships that I have. Well, you're a good friend. And so therefore you draw to you, I mean, we are going to experience that which we are. Yeah. And so because you're a good friend, you have good friends, oh, and they yeah. gravitate the to you, friends. and then you gravitate to them, and it's it's a real gift. Mm. I love my friends too, and I, um, you know, it's it's it it is next to my family. It is the source of my greatest joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine too, yeah. for sure. It's great, especially after, especially going through divorce. I mean. Yeah, uh, my divorced friends are fabulous. My married friends have stayed, have remained. We have remained very close. I'm close with their husbands. I mean, I feel very, very, very grateful. I feel very grateful to have the relationships yeah. that I do. But you Me kind too. of have to grow up a little bit. You do. And, and shed some of those things that don't serve you. Well, and you don't take, you know, with your friendships, one of the way to really nurtures, nurture a really good friendship is don't take things personally. If, mm-hmm. you know, if if one person decides to have lunch and you walk into a restaurant and there are two of your good friends and they're there with each other and they didn't invite you to come to lunch, is you don't take it personally and yeah. you don't get defensive and you try really hard not to let things into your sphere of being mm-hmm. without being mindful of that. Yeah. So if I am, if I, if I find myself being annoyed, one of the things I'll do is I'll stop and I'll ask myself, what am I taking personally? Mm, that's you know? good. And, and am I minding my own business? <laughs> you know, if you're thinking about really it, good. then you're not letting it go. Yeah. I remember the first time I went into Al-Anon and this guy said he was an old timer in there and he had been in, in the AA room and in the, and in the Al-Anon room and he said, yeah, if you're holding on by a thread, you're holding on by, with a fist. And I was like, oh, that's right. And he said, and if you're thinking about it, you haven't let it go. Mm. And one of the big concepts is let go and let God. So when I mind my own business, if I'm thinking about it, I'm not minding my own business. Mm. And so really good. that is another really important practice for me with my children. And it's hard sometimes and with my friends and clients, but it really helps me maintain my sense of peace. Mm which is what I'm after. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read studies about what happens to our bodies when we're stressed, it'll scare you. Mm-hmm. 
It affects our sleep, and sleep is vitally mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And it's just not worth it. It's not worth to let the outside world disturb your inside world. Absolutely. I read on my Lulu and on a Lululemon bag today in my bathroom. Ninety nine percent of all illnesses are a result of stress. I believe that. And I one percent ninety nine ninety nine. Good God. And I so believe it. I tell. I mean, my my mom died of breast cancer. That was her diagnosis. But her stress. She was she was a mess. Stress. I mean, her whole life was stress. Yeah. And hard. And I mean, and I really always thought you're gonna die. Like you're gonna die. Like you that you can't have that in you, and it be sustainable. Like that energy is not sustainable to your soul, to your body, physically, emotionally. Like you cannot be in that state without consequences. Worrying is stress. If you're worried about the world. I mean, there's an Emmett Fox reading. Emmett Fox is one of the books that I read. It's called love, Around the Year with Emmett Fox, and I love, love him. Emmett Fox. And he says, and he wrote, he was like in the 40s, and 1942 or something like that, and he said, there's a reading in there that says the captain's on the bridge, and he says, that's the title of it, and he says, Oh, the world isn't going to hell in a handbag because of such and such. And these, this is 1940. Blah, 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 because the captain's on the bridge. The economy isn't going to tank and never came, come back because the captain's on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, because mm-hmm. worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives mm-hmm. you something to do and you go nowhere, mm-hmm. except your body will play it out. Absolutely. I believe that with every fiber of my being. I felt it. I mean, when I was going through divorce, I thought I had Parkinson's. And I mean, a doctor doctor diagnosed me with, or not diagnosed me, but tested me for ALS because I had the shakes so bad. I used to shake Janice profoundly, profoundly when I was... Before, before I, before I was getting divorced, when when our marriage was just not good, I mean, people would be like, "Do you see how you're shaking? Are you okay? Why are you shaking?" And but I didn't want anybody to. Nobody knew what I was going through, Uh and but that was a very physical manifestation. I literally, one of my dear friends' husbands, a doctor, and I called him. I said, "Some, like I," and he looked at me and he was like. We need to do some tests. I mean, he, they really thought Parkinson's or ALS. Yeah. Because my body, sh- my, my hands were shaking so bad. And then it stopped. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But our, our, our we are a physical manifestation of our, of the state of our souls. Well, and you know, one of the, there are a couple of things that when you are, when you're stressed or when you're worried or when you're sad, Turn on music. Turn mm-hmm. on good music. Mm-hmm. You know, country and western dance with yourself. Do the two-step in your house. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, my grandchildren taught me how to floss, and <laughs> I, <laughs> and I love to oh, floss. And yes. they're all like, uh, I said, oh, and you want me to floss in front of your friends? And he's like, no, no. I'm like, how many of your friends' grandmothers know how to floss? <laughs> But, I mean, any of those body movements that can mm-hmm. really get you going, because you, 
we can create our happiness. We, we can, can make us our energy feel better and positive. Yeah. You know, make a gratitude list. Yeah. Sit down and write down five things yep. that you're really grateful for. Makes it that is proven. That, that is, is like yeah. That is proven. You cannot be you cannot be grateful and depressed in the same moment. Mm-mm. You can't. You can have sadness, mm-hmm. which is human. Mm-hmm. Somebody has died, but you can still be grateful. Mm-hmm. And so then that sadness is not going to eat you up. It's yeah. when it becomes your state of being. Yeah. So. You know what song is my favorite to put on? I'm, wa- I'm walking on sunshine. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I love that song. If I'm like just not having it, <laughs> I, I, like in the morning when if I'm cooking and it's just not, I'm not having it, uh-huh. but I really need to change my attitude, uh-huh. I'll put that on. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a just a good attitude uh-huh. check. It is. It, it's a great <laughs> attitude check. Um, okay. What do you think is the, like when I think of self-care, I, I, I tend to think of women, but I know this is an issue for men as well. So where do you see this? Where do you see the struggle in, in men with self-care? I think that a couple of things. One is I think work. Mm-hmm. I think that if, a man is not happy in his work, then it's going to be very difficult for him to be happy and healthy. I think that it's difficult for men to say no. You know, we define a good work ethic as somebody who works all the time, mm-hmm. and that's not a good work ethic. That's work addiction. You know, if you're nobody needs to work over 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is a huge stressor for men. And I think that because men have been taught to not talk about their feelings, they hold a lot of that in. I think that's gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. And, but I think we've got a long way to go. If you have boys, please allow them to talk about their feelings. Let them name sadness. Let them talk about fear you know, and because we want them to get that up and out. And so I think that that's a lot of it for men. Mm-hmm. I just think they've been, they just don't allow themselves to be vulnerable as easily as women do. Yeah. And vulnerability being real gives us confidence mm-hmm. and gives us peace. Mm-hmm. If I'm acting within my value system and I'm being true to myself and I'm taking care of myself and I'm saying no when I want to say no, I'm going to be healthy yeah. and I'm going to be peaceful. Yeah. And happier. Yeah. I really do think your joy. And I agree. It changes. And not doing everything to please everybody else. Yeah. To go. Which is know. a really, I, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but I think that is a profound problem, especially in this, in, in the neighborhoods uh, that we live in. And, and I mean, I'm sure it's a profound problem regardless of your neighborhood, but I just, I feel like there is so much of keeping up, like this pressure to keep up, you know, you have to, you have to be a room mom and you have to be on every sideline and you have to, you have to look amazing and you have to be good in bed and you have to, you know, you, you, your face can't have any wrinkles. And I mean... I've got to be firing on all cylinders, you know, that's a message that if if that's out there, if I want to listen to it. But really and truly, that is, that is not society putting that on us. That is us putting it on us. It's so true. Because we have a choice. Yeah. 
and we can we don't have to we can learn to be okay when other people are not okay with us yes. and we can learn to d- dance to our own drummer yeah and so I, it's really important it really is important and you know for people who struggle with that once you get it You'll get it. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes easier and easier. And you won't go back. Yeah. You know, one time Tom asked me to go on this mission trip. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't I do not do mission trips. I don't want to do mission trips. He was like, what do you mean you don't do mission trips? I'm like, I just don't. I don't want to. I will write a check to help him out. But I just don't, I don't want, want to. to. And I learned to be able to... Be comfortable with some of those little idiosyncrasies that I have that a lot of the world doesn't agree with me about. And they might look at me and and think that I'm not the right kind of person. But, you know, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. I'm okay if you don't like me. Yep. I want you to, but I don't need it. Yeah. And, you know, so knowing what your value system is and, and asking yourself, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, doesn't mean you're never going to do it. Do I want to wrap a bunch of Christmas presents for Christmas? Not really. But I will because it brings my grandchildren and my children and everybody joy. So I can choose to do that. So it's not that I never do things I don't want to. But if I'm like, yeah, no, I just do not want to do that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think that the, there's... I mean, the freedom when you get to that place, uh, you, uh, there is, so uh, my kids go to Hillcrest High School uh-huh. and, or my twins do, uh-huh. and George is at Franklin. And, you know, when they were in elementary school, I was room mom for uh-huh. both of the brooms. I was PTA vice president one year. I was PTA president the next year. (laughs) Uh They asked me to do it again for a third year, and I said no. But, I mean, I was there. Uh And then I I was done. Like, they (laughs) they left elementary school, and they were kind of over me being at the school, and I was kind of over being at the school. And... So, you know, there's all kinds. There's all there's baseball moms. I could be a, a football mom, a baseball mom, a soccer mom, a, a basketball mom, an auction mom, a there, there's stuff at the school all the time. All the time. I I don't ever go to the school and I don't help with anything because I don't want to. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you, Janice, how much grief I have been given over the years by other moms and like they never say it to my face but mm-hmm. they say it to each other and then somehow it gets to the kids and then kids tell me you you know she doesn't like you mom because you don't help with the auction and <laughs> you know she doesn't help you or doesn't really like you mom because you don't help with the dance team and I'm like I don't care uh-huh. I don't care and I will go to the auction and I'm going to go to the games and I don't feel, but I'm telling you years ago that would have paralyzed yeah. me. Yeah. And there are so many things, other things that I want to do with my time. And it's just not, it's just not anything that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I don't want to do it. And these people have strong opinions because <laughs> my kids are involved in all of it. You yeah. know, my kids are playing every sport. Anna Prince on the dance team. Acad- 
I don't even go to parent teacher conferences. I do not go to meet the teacher. I do, <laughs> I don't go to any of it. And you, the, my kids love it that I don't go because they're. But they asked me one time, like, why don't you go? And I said because I already know all those things about you that they're going to tell me. I know you talk too much. I know. <laughs> I know. I know you don't sit in your chair. I know. I know you need to calm down. I know you're probably on your phone. Too. You're doing all the same things at home. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to know. And if it gets real bad, they're going to call me. Yeah, and, exactly. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's just about choice and that's not neglect, you know? No, so, absolutely. But I think, I think that what a lot of people will do is they don't allow themselves to say no. Yeah. And no is a very empowering word and you're not going to say it and you're, you know, you're not going to say it all the time, but it does empower you and it will help you health wise and mentally. And yep. emotionally. Yeah. And when you're saying no, like it, it comes with such like a negative, but you really are also saying yes. Yeah. You're saying yes to something else. Yeah. You're maybe, saying- you, maybe you doing nothing. Maybe you yeah. being able to take a long hot bath is exactly what you need. Yep. Yeah. It's a good thing. Self-care is such a good thing. And there's no one prescription for everybody. Yeah. It's, you know, people have get to, they don't have to, they get to figure out what is going to work for me and how can I do this better. And I believe that it is a terrific thing to teach your children mm-hmm. because if if they don't love themselves, it's going to be very difficult to be happy. Yeah. And we're all about being happy yeah. and being joyful and being at peace. Yes. So I, one thing that I was going to say, that, and this is going to seem like I'm taking a left turn, but you were talking about if you have boys, you know, let them have their feelings. And you talked about that uh, on Saturday, and I thought that was really, really good because so many so many men, so many adult men have no idea how to communicate how they feel because right. they weren't taught. Right. They're, they're not bad and they're not... Well, they don't even know the words. Yes. And that's... They, like they really don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you were so good about explaining that on Saturday. But one thing that I wanted to say that I think has made a difference because my boys will talk to me uh-huh. and... And I have good friends who, who say, how did, how, do, how did you get your kids to talk to you? Like what? But I really think that it started at a young age. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like Carter turned 16 and then all of a sudden he started opening up to me. Like we have been talking about how he's feeling since, since they came to my house. Yeah. You know, we started this when they were six, six and five. Yeah. And one thing that I do that I think has made a very big difference in their ability to communicate um, how they feel is I take them on dates. Mm-hmm. That one-on-one time. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> uh, where you really are just talking to them and you're asking them questions. I went out with Carter this week and I said, now I've put the conversation in his court because uh-huh. I've noticed that if I bring it up, it's yes, no. Uh Yes, no, you know, Uh but I said, okay, what do you want to talk about? What would you like to talk about? And he said, I want to, I want to talk, uh, I want to talk about you dating. And I said, interesting. I said, okay, let's talk about it. What do you want to know? 
And do you know what he said that was so sweet? He said, I just want you to know, Mom, how much I appreciate how you date. Oh, I love it. And, like, here's a 16-year-old boy who's saying that to, to his mom. You know, it's thoughtful. And I got choked up. And I was like, that is so sweet. But he just, like, he, my boys know how to talk. I mean, Anna Prynne was she came out of the womb talking about how she feels, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they know how to do it because you've given them permission to do it. Well, and I've spent time, <clears throat> time te with them. teaching, teaching them, them without teaching, it. you know, like yeah. doing How it. do you recognize those feelings? You know, there's, did you, I gave you that chart, uh -huh. sent you that chart the on feeling. feeling chart. And, mm -hmm. and it really is helpful to you learn to locate that in your body. If anybody... Uh, wants to find that chart, it is, if you go to Pia Melody, M-E-L-L-O-D-Y, Pia Melody's feeling, feelings chart, it will come up, and okay. the image will come up, and people can print that, and it'll tell you what the eight basic feelings are, and the derivatives of those feelings, and how to locate them in your body. So then you can put that on your refrigerator, and have everybody identify. You know, I talked about it on Saturday. You can have food for feelings. So before people get to eat dinner, they have to identify what they're feeling. So they learn to do that and learn mm -hmm. what word it is. There are only eight basic feelings, and that's the only one. They're the only ones you need to worry about. Mm -hmm. So it's so if you want to get that and you want to use that at your house, I think it, it's really easy, very easy way to do it. What? If you could say one thing to men and women about the importance of self-care, I know that's a lot of pressure. Um, if someone was in your office and really, really struggling with finding the balance of selfish and selfless, what, what would you say? I would say if you are feeling selfish, you're probably doing it right. Mm. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm doing it right. You are, girl. <laughs> Sometimes I feel a little selfish. That's good. That's good. That's good. That is great. That's really, really good. That's a good check. That's a good checkpoint. Yeah. Thank you, Janice. You're welcome. We love Toma. you. I can't. I just looked at the time. I, I cannot know. believe it's already what. Girl, we can talk. <laughs> Kevin's like, yeah, they can. <laughs> Put us in a. But I so I so appreciate you, Janice. Oh, You're just I the best. You You're the very we appreciate best. you, Kevin. Yes, well, I appreciate you guys. Yes. And get in touch with us. We cannot wait to come see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>